Do you remember back in 2007 when the Labor government promised to put more computers in schools? Some might have a computer on each child's desk. Some might prefer to have laptops. So a lot has happened since then. Australia has spent an extraordinary amount in technology. Just think of all the smart boards and laptops and desktops and tablets and whatever else there is in schools nowadays. Australia has one of the highest levels of technology use in education in the entire world. But is this the right approach? How are we faring training a generation that will be defined by technology? Welcome to Think Digital Futures, where we look at stories from the digital age. I'm your host, Josh Nicholas. Today, I'm going to be looking at technology in schools. We've all seen the brilliant pictures on the news, young kids coding up some amazing app or building some cool robot or something. So instead, this is going to be from the teacher's point of view. What is it like being a teacher in this new digital age? From the conversations I've been having in the past couple of weeks, it seems some teachers are being left behind in the technological race. Governments are spending big on the equipment, on the laptops and the tablets, but aren't putting much into building the skills of the teachers to use and understand these gadgets. Listen to this quick study done by UTS lecturer Dr Jane Hunter. I've just done an analysis um, together with a colleague here from UTS of um, 13 online print and print and online media. And I looked at um, about 250 articles from when Malcolm Turnbull made his national innovation statement um, and science agenda statement in late last year through to the start of the election um, campaign. There was virtually no reference to building teacher capacity in STEM. We still need to build teacher capacity in STEM, just as science, technology, engineering and maths, just as we need to ensure that teachers um, have ongoing opportunities to build their own capacity in using technology. So despite all the hype about coding and the ideas boom, teacher training doesn't seem to be keeping up. And I found a similar story speaking to teachers. One teacher who's just started classes on coding for primary school students had only been to one course, and if she wanted to know more to get a feel and understanding of the subject matter, she would have to go do it herself in her own time. There just isn't the resources. In the end, it's the students that will pay for this oversight, and some of their parents are starting to notice. I'm a mother of three, and my children were getting a brilliant education at their local school and that was going to set them up beautifully for about 1978. <laughs> and once I took an interest in that and started really digging into what they were learning, I had some concerns and some queries and fell down a rabbit hole of looking into technology and what would really give kids great skills for the future, but also just let them participate in the world they live in. So why, what, did you, what makes you say they were getting prepared for 1978? Was it just like the kinds of techno, like were they just using really old machines or was it just the ideas they were learning that were old? Like what, what is um, it? I came home from an information night at school where I learned about the children's scripture program, learning about God and the hour a week that was dedicated to cursive writing. <laughs> and those two things really upset me. <laughs> so... Um, I think there has been a real switch in the last couple of years, which is great. 
that technology previously was about how to create a spreadsheet and maybe edit a Word document. And it's been that way for 10 or 15 years. Things are starting to move on the dial a little bit, but there's really very little emphasis on using technology as a tool and as a creative enterprise in schools. It's a very, very new idea. So this is Nicola O'Brien. About two years ago, pissed off with the way her kids were being taught about technology, Nicola created an organisation called Code Rangers. It provides before and after school workshops for primary school kids. The kids learn to code by getting in there and doing it, building games or apps or whatever else they want to do. Actively making things with technology is important, says Nicola, because despite how fast and how far technology is moving, our societies aren't built to make the most of it. When it comes to technology, most of us have been conditioned to be consumers, not creators. And this includes teachers. There was a period at the beginning when kids would go to places like Radio Shack and buy the bits and build computers. (laughs) And then that fell away sometime, I guess, early 90s, Mm. I'm guessing when I say that. But that whole idea of it being a tool that you could tinker with really disappeared and it became all about you know, the nice-looking laptop with the beautiful interface. Mm. But for most people, that was the point they stopped learning about what a computer does. And they became more about consumption than creation. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And that's the big movement that we're now seeing a generation that uses technology in quite a superficial way. But really, we want to start equipping people to get behind the interface and create things that will solve problems for them and have a meaningful relationship with technology instead of relying on the latest download from the app store. What we are doing as adults as well as children is sitting in a room with a Ferrari and driving it around in first gear. You know, we've got this amazing technology and all that we really do on it is edit words or use it as a browser. And you think back to what computers began at, it was these incredibly powerful computational machines that can think and solve problems and help us really um, make the world a better place in a very idealistic way. But about 3% of the population use a computer in that way. And the rest of us are sitting with something in first gear, revving the engine going, oh, it's kind of cool. It's okay. I don't really get the point of it. Um, And now for the first time, children are starting to get beyond the nice interface and the screen and start to actually see what computers are all about, which is what I try and teach them. And using technology to solve problems, using computers as computational machines, not just as a place to store photos and look at cat videos, and you know, which is how most of us use it. And so Nicola's trying to give kids a taste of the potential of their devices to expand the population that actually uses computers to be creative and make things. But she isn't a school teacher. But her program shows what wondrous things kids can make when they have a teacher who's really there with her sleeves rolled up and knows how to code. Just take this example of a workshop she ran on the morning of our interview. Made a little animation of a penguin diving off a high diving board. So I showed them and I said, I really like diving. Instantly, four of the kids were like, Olympics, shooting, awesome. I'm making a first-player shooter game. (laughs) And disappeared. And I have a mentor student that comes to the classes that's two years older than the kids in the class. And she sat with them. And in the hour, they created a viewfinder, you know, the crosshairs. They created a target. And they had it tracking so that when the crosshairs lined up with the target, if you clicked at that time, 
you'd blow up the target and get points. How old are these kids? These kids are eight and nine. Wow. So they did that off on one side. And then I had another character in my penguin game, which I programmed it so the character would climb a ladder and then dive. And a kid looked at it and he said, I like that, but it's not very interactive. I'm going to program it so you use the arrow keys to actually guide him up the ladder. And you can't climb unless you're on the ladder. And he figured out how to do that. So he had written all this code that, you know, his ladder was red. It's written some code that said, you know, as long as the sprite's touching something red, I can change the Y coordinates to travel upwards. If it's on white background, I can't. And so he figured it all out. So we had this character climbing a ladder and getting up. And meanwhile, he used the penguin and designed some really cool yellow and green trunks. The big letter A over the, <laughs> over the crotch. <laughs> and had this little penguin project underway. So that's take an idea and they get the confidence over time to know how to approach that problem and break it into pieces and understand the relationship between what's on the screen. And then they get to build it and then take it home, open it on a browser at home, show their friends. Show their friends, and yeah. And play it. Yeah. You know, and that is so, such a motivator, being able to show off what you've done. So that's a taste of the problem. Teachers aren't really being supported to learn some of the new technologies that will define the lives of their students. And some parents are going outside of school to get their kids immersed in this technology. But maybe we shouldn't be thinking of technology in such a black and white sense. When I was in primary school about 14 years ago, we had just one computer lab. Technology was a destination. It was something we had to go to, walk to, to learn about. But we've moved on so far from that world. Things like smartphones and laptops and tablets and smart boards have all become a lot cheaper. The internet isn't a destination anymore. It's something we always have with us. So maybe we don't need to think about learning about technology in the same way. Maybe kids don't need to go to an absolute expert to learn about it. Following this line of thinking, I had a chat with Dr. Jane Hunter from UTS, who we heard from earlier. She's been a teacher, a head teacher, a researcher, and a whole bunch of other things. I worked on Kevin Rudd's digital education revolution, and I also worked um, part of the New South Wales government's Connected Classrooms program. So for me, my life's work, I guess, has been about making a difference to what happens in classrooms. Dr. Hunter recently conducted a study looking at the way the best teachers incorporate technology into the way they teach. The best teachers, she says, don't actually make it about the technology at all. It's almost beside the point. I, I, was, I was speaking to a lady that teaches coding to kids as like an after-school program, mm -hmm. and she was saying how just Minecraft, like when, when you let, just let kids loose in Minecraft, the things that they will create mm -hmm almost without noticing that they're coding, that they're using, like it's, it's all just disguised within what they're doing. Is, is that also part of it where you, you're just, it's not about the technology, it's about the thing that you're doing, which can be anything. Absolutely, you, it's not about the technology. Yeah. And so there's a wonderful teacher in Southwest Sydney. His name is Lee Hughes. He teaches at Maryland's East Public School and he teaches or all of his key learning areas as a primary school teacher through using Minecraft. And the students, so regardless of whether it's literacy or numeracy, um, he uses Minecraft 
as a, as a vehicle to drive the learning in his classroom. And I have a nephew who is eight and he's totally into Minecraft and he builds the most incredible structures. He also is an avid reader of print books, but he is a great example, I guess, um, that you know comes more immediately to mind of um, his imagination is extraordinary. He expresses himself in, um, and he's able to write narratives, but he also uses Minecraft to really extend his imagination. And if you think about what's required and going to be required increasingly in the future is, you know, we have companies like Google and so forth telling us that they want, you know, young people with skills that, um, you know, to solve significant problems in the world. And, and I guess if we, um, and this is why it's so critical that teachers occupy these spaces and they allow their students to come into those spaces. What we've been saying is you, basically technology needs to be seamless with what you're doing. My question then is, is this a generational thing? Like, I'll give you an example. When I want to learn how to do something, my first inclination is basically go watch a three minute YouTube video on it. Now my mum does not do that. She, she knows YouTube exists, she uses YouTube all the time, but her first inclination is not just, it'll be on the internet somewhere if I want to find out how to do this. Is this something you can teach teachers? Like, or is this something where just the younger teachers who have grown up with technology will just immediately go, it's a part of life anyway? Look, it's, um, your mum is very typical and it's a, it is a generational issue, but that's not to say that there aren't teachers of your mum's age and stage that aren't our early adopter teachers. So the teachers in my study, for example, some of them had been teaching for more than 20 years. So it's not correct to say that it's young teachers that are leading the charge on this. In fact, my observation is that a lot of our um, early career teachers are sometimes very reluctant because they're so focused on classroom management that if the technology doesn't work every time, they won't then, and they lose control of their class or the class is not focused, they've got to bring them back and so on, then they're often less um, um, keen to experiment. Um, there isn't, um, to go to your point around teacher professional learning, even in the Connected Classrooms program, which was a $186 million state government program, and also the digital education revolution at the, at the federal level led by Kevin Rudd's government, there wasn't funds allocated for teacher professional learning. So I wanted to see this kind of thing in action. I went to Maryvale East Public School, the school Dr. Hunter was talking about before, to have a look at a school that is experimenting with new ways to teach with technology. You may have heard of Maryvale East. They've been in the news a lot recently, as the principal, John Goh, implements one new idea after another. Goh has tried things like altering the school hours and tinkering with the class structures to encourage more teamwork and collaboration. The reason for a lot of this is just the freedom afforded by technology. No longer is it me standing at the front and talking, but children can discover. That's not to say teachers aren't just become, you know, what a term some people refer to as a guide on the side. Um, it's a lot more than that, and it's not even that at all. It's 
about being a co-designer and co-creator and co-problem solver with the children. And that's the role that teachers have become. So if I follow up on that, it's almost like when I was going to school, when I was going to primary school, my teacher was like the fundamental source of all the maths knowledge. Mm. That's not necessarily true now. She's a source of maths knowledge, but she's a source with the internet, with all the other stuff I can get. And she's kind of helping me go through that journey. Mm. She's, she's there with me on the journey, but she's not ultimately the source of all wisdom. Children can come up with knowledge. Um, look, teachers have got knowledge up to a certain point. Mm. Okay. But because the world is evolving all the time now, the knowledge bank is ever increasing Okay, so, you know, for our children, it's about, um, you know, having that knowledge, access to that knowledge, knowing where to get it, that's really important. So, for example, you know, I don't know all the uh, technology associated with Rover and how Rover got onto Mars, but the children can get onto line and find that out themselves if they're really passionate about it. So when technology first started in a primary school, we used to all have computer lessons and it might be like word processing. So today's lessons about how we bold text or underline or, you know, edit spelling. Nowadays, it's about using a range of technologies. It could be the interactive whiteboard as part of teaching. It could be using a laptop, a, a smartphone. It could be about using Raspberry Pis, or it could be getting online using apps to help them with their learning. But it all comes as part of a sequence of learning. So in other words, as during a class activity, the children may need to use technology for research, create a Weebly, design an app, use an app to solve a problem. It's all about collaboration, about self-regulation. It's also about communicating with each other. The point about communication is an important one. Because as you talk to Go, you realise how much technology has altered the structures within school. Technology is forcing much more collaboration between teachers and students and even industry. The whole thing is moving so fast, the walls are coming down. Everyone needs to learn from each other. Whereas in the past, we used to have, you know, an age-based, stage-based, and we still do in many ways, curriculum, but children can go well beyond that and discover the world and the and the, th- the possibilities just by getting online. So that part has changed in terms of education, mm-hmm. that it's no longer, um, you know, content is restricted for particular children. Children can get online now and do MOOCs, massive open online courses in just about anything. You know, if you want to get extension work or you don't understand something, in, for example, the example you gave in mass, they can go on and hit Khan Academy, for example, and, and get revision for that. And many children are learning things um, in various topic areas without actually thinking, in, you know, like I'm doing maths and I'm doing science or English, just purely by the engagement they have with the technologies and the world around them. Okay, so 
having said, having laid that foundation then, when it comes to the teachers, like I know, for example, a lot of my friends are coders mm. and they, they get like newsletters every day or they visit forums. They constantly like to keep up with what's happening is just a constant like battle. So when it comes to teachers, like how how do we how do we keep them in touch with all of these things that you can do, like just the sheer possibility of the stuff that they have available? First of all, I think we have to acknowledge that no one, not even the most computer uh, literate person, can keep up with what's happening with technology in the world. Um, as soon as you master, for example, you know one coding system, uh, something else will come along. So the acknowledgement is that teachers don't have to be necessarily experts in technology. What they need to do is be experts in in pedagogy, how we go about using technology in terms of their learning. The children will look after technology themselves. We're having children coming into our schools now who already have many skills in in use of technology. For example, going back to my earlier illustration where we used to teach children how to type or how to underline in word processing. Well, many children come into schools now with already those skills by using possibly an iPad or some type of devices at home at an early age. And so they're developing all those skills about how to navigate through, for example, a window browser. So those skills are already there. Children also are very apt at discovering um, new technologies themselves. For example, you know, um, another lovely story is many, many years ago when I set up my Facebook page, well, I actually didn't set it up. One of my students (laughs) set it up for me. And then right at the end, a primary student, and then at the end I asked him, uh, what do I do now? And he looked at me and he says, well, do you have any friends? We learn much more effectively quite often when it comes to the technology by learning off each other mm-hmm. and by people sharing things. So many of the apps on my phone have either I've discovered or I've, through articles or people have shown me and then you know I've been able to use them, use them as a result of that sharing and that collaboration that has taken place. And that's where the training of teachers occur, where teachers in my school, for example, can share with one another some of those experiences. So maybe that example captures everything we need to know about technology in school. It's no longer about experts. It's about collaboration. Technology is everywhere. It's in everything. It's not one subject. It's every subject. Teachers aren't technology experts, but maybe they don't have to be. They just have to be experts in teaching. We contacted both the Federal and New South Wales Departments of Education to ask about more training for teachers in technology. Only the Federal Education Department replied, saying teacher development is the job of state governments, not the federal government. They also pointed to a couple of programs run by the likes of the University of Adelaide and Code Club that teachers can avail themselves of. You've been listening to Think Digital Futures, stories from the digital age. Thanks to Jake Morecambe for producing this episode. You can subscribe to our podcast by searching for Think Digital Futures on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. 
If you've liked what you've heard, please rate us and leave a review. It helps us get discovered. This program is a collaboration between UTS and 2SER. I'm Josh Nicholas. Talk to you next time.